Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Peter Gibbett Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankst, and today is August 12th, 2020, which means I'm on day 242 in a row of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted improv, news, movies, music, sports, food, entertainment, and all things except politics. First up, folks, new movie review, The Kitchen, with Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish, and I must admit, I didn't hate this. It's hard for me to even say that. I mean, from the looks of the actual movie itself, when you when you look at the cover, when you look at the description, you're like, I won't like this. I don't want to watch this. I can't like this. But for some reason... I was watching it, and I couldn't stop, and I didn't hate it. Granted, it has a lot of hashtag MeToo movement, you know, girl power, just feel to it, right? It's a feminist movie. It surely is. It's about women who are empowered and run a crew in Hell's Kitchen that are stronger than their men who went to jail before them. But the fact is, it's all a conspiracy, kind of. It's all like a trick, a plan that Tiffany Haddish had set out from the beginning. And when it all comes to light at the end, it's awesome. I love a grifter movie, and this was one of those. It was a clean manipulation. You know, you never saw it coming. And I give it a 5 out of 10. I gotta say, 50% of me loved it. 50% of me was wondering why the hell I was watching this movie. So check it out, The Kitchen with Melissa McCarthy and Tiffany Haddish. It's not terrible. If you're bored enough and you have nothing else to watch, watch The Kitchen, 5 out of 10. Another movie review, folks. Uh, Not brand new, but still I hadn't seen it until recently. And I have to admit, I loved it. 12 Strong, starring Chris Hemsworth. This movie is based on a true story about 12 men who went to Afghanistan immediately following the attacks on the World Trade Centers at 9-11, during 9-11, and they were the first people to strike at the heart of Al-Qaeda, and doing so on horseback through the desert against all odds and coming out the other end victorious. This movie seriously moved me. It was a movie that moved me. I teared up multiple times during this movie. The sense of pride I have for my country and my fellow people and my and just soldiers that put their lives on the line for me made me tear up multiple times in this movie. I cannot believe how prideful this movie will make you and just you have to watch it 12 strong chris hemsworth you will seriously see a perspective on the uh, war against terror that you'd never thought about before and just the way they had to fight in that area and the way they were prepared and organized it's mind-boggling i kind of thought in my head i'm like oh you know it's just a desert it's probably kind of flat. I'm sure they, you know, it was it was kind of tough, but it was similar to Desert Stone. It's not. 
Afghanistan is completely different. There was high elevation where there was snow. There was low elevation where you were surrounded by mountainous regions with people able to snipe you in the middle. And just the thought of being out there like these guys were sitting ducks the whole time and all 12 of them came home and completed their mission. You have got to see this movie if you haven't. 12 Strong, starring Chris Hemsworth. 9 out of 10. I'm not kidding. 9 out of 10. See that movie. One last new movie review, folks. The Good Liar, starring Ian McClellan. And everything starring Ian McClellan is good. He doesn't do bad movies. He is a fantastic actor. And this movie is no different. Not not the greatest movie I've seen in the last month, no. You know, it won't stand out as a movie I'm going to watch over and over. But I'm glad I saw it. It was a, a thriller that just messes with your mind, trying to keep up with this guy's lies and his ability to manipulate people and get money out of them. And I've said it before, I love grifter movies, matchstick men, people who scam others, con artists. They're great because the whole time you think you know what's happening and then you have no idea And this movie almost reminds me of an old Steve Martin film called Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, where it's basically a man after a very rich woman's money who's a widow, and during the time he spends with her, he kind of falls in love. Not knowing that this could possibly happen, he, you know, continues to seek out this person's money, only to find out that it's not the money he wants in the end, it's the woman. And McClellan does a fantastic job in this. He might as well be Professor X because he has, he holds all the cards in this movie except the ones with money. So, you know, it's just basically a manipulative game of mind effing. And who comes out victorious? You'll have to see the movie to find out. It's fantastic. Check it out. The Good Liar, 6 out of 10. Now, folks, according to the Russians, they have a vaccine for the coronavirus that works. In fact, Vladimir Putin himself claims he gave this vaccine to his daughter and it has worked phenomenally. He even claims that it went through all the right testing, which I don't know if their standards are the same as ours, probably not, but still, and is actually registered as a usable vaccine for the virus People can take it. People can buy it. Poor people in Russia probably can't afford it. But either way, should we believe them? I don't know. Why are we taking one of these vaccines from them and running it through like a thousand tests and then getting it on the market here too? You know, sure, there's always been a long-standing feud of who can do this before the other between Russia and the United States. Who can send people to the moon first? Who can do all these things? Who can get nuclear you know, power first? Who can make warheads first? It doesn't matter. It's not a game of battling between two little kids at a, at a park anymore. This stupid game needs to end. We just need to call them up. Yep, that's right. Call up Russia. 
You know, I'm sure there's a number, 1-800-RUSSIA. No, but we need to get a hold of the Russian government, get some of these vaccines, put them through testing, and if they work, spread it out to every single American that ever existed. Uh, There's no point in sitting on this. If we can get the vaccine going right now, we can reopen everything. Everything in America. So there's no point in even questioning if this is a real thing. You may as well assume it is, test it, and if it is, we're golden, and let's do this right now. Because I have no more patience. I need to reopen. I'll take a vaccine, even if it hasn't been tested, and then I'll go out and run around a bunch of sick people. I'll be the guinea pig. Whatever it takes. Let's do this. Let's get it done. Thank you, Russia. The big news in sports, for me anyways, was the Blazers winning last night at the bitter end of the game against Dallas with Damian Lillard putting up 61 points. This guy is the best point guard in the NBA, period. I don't want to hear about anyone else and people limiting their minutes, li- limiting their minutes, limiting their minutes, limiting snickets, and a series of unfortunate events. No, but seriously, Damian Lillard, he absolutely puts it all on the line. Other players right now, they're sitting pretty. You know, I want to prepare for the playoffs. I don't want to hurt myself, overexert myself after the break. You know, or I'm not myself in this bubble. It's it's not enough for me. Or LeBron James, I'm going to spend a lot of my time uh, talking about, you know, social distancing and civil unrest and just be a little bitch like LeBron is. Well, you know what? Lillard is not that way. It is Dame time. He came to play and proved that in the last couple of games. He scored 51 the other night and now 61. That is an insane amount of points for anybody in a couple of games. This dude is ready for the playoffs, and so is the rest of his team. The Blazers, everything but secured the eighth spot in the playoffs. They have one game more to absolutely, concretely do it, and I believe they will. And then they'll be sailing off into the sunset, playing teams that I think are just fragmented. There's players that couldn't make it into the bubble or are being quarantined because of something or other or decided not to play altogether. But the Blazers did not do that. They came together knowing they all needed each other to make it this far. And they've done it. And it's all thanks to their star point guard, the Dame. And I'm sure he's going to rap about this, you know, absolutely. The Portland Timbers won again, if anyone cares. Uh, And you know what? I actually watched about 10 minutes of a soccer match. (laughs) So weird. Can't even believe I'm saying that. But it was interesting. And the Timbers did take the W, which means they are seriously a threat for the possibility of another MLS Cup. I mean, the team looks great. But I'd rather watch baseball, which I did afterward. And the Padres won against the Dodgers in a miraculous game showcasing Manny Machado, the most 
you know, basically the highest paid player in the MLB almost, but definitely the Padres have ever had, and he hit a grand slam. Thank you, Machado. Thank you for proving your worth a little bit, but it's going to take a lot more than that because you're getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars to play your favorite sport. I mean, I can't even imagine that. My favorite sport is baseball. No one would want to pay to see me play it, however. But I will say this. The Padres are now tied for second place in their division to, who is it? Yeah, that's right, the Dodgers, who they just have, they've played them a lot this year already. You know, but I know it's convenient for the league to have teams that are right next door play each other. It makes sense. The Dodgers will play the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels. The Dodgers will play the San Diego Padres. The Padres will play the Angels. It's just a little triangle of teams that are right next to each other. And literally, you can drive from one ballpark to the other in an hour and a half or less. So, you know, it's not a, not a bad transportation situation going on there. But with the Padres tied with the Dodgers for second place in the NL West... It is the Colorado Rockies who they are both gunning for, both the Padres and the Dodgers, because they lead the NL West. Now, I say we will really see who is the better team today when the Padres once again play the Dodgers, and then the tiebreaker will commence. So, check it out, folks. If you want to see baseball, if you don't, because you absolutely don't care and it's the most boring sport to watch of all time, then forget about what I just said. Remember 20th Century Fox? Yeah, you'll be saying that in a few years because Disney just dropped the crap out of the name and has changed it officially to 20th Television. That is correct. Got rid of Century, got rid of Fox. Slowly but surely, they're allowing people to forget that Fox ever existed. They bought them out, $70 billion deal, and now they're weaning them out so that the idea that anything Fox ever existed can be siphoned away slowly until it's out of our memories for good. And then everything just becomes a part of Disney and no credit can be given to any other studio, whether they started long ago or not doesn't mean anything to them because they are Disney, a mega power that controls everything. Now, I hate this idea. As someone who grew up with that backdrop of those large golden letters that say 20th Century Fox before a film or TV show that was, to me, going to be awesome, guaranteed because of that logo, it is hard for me to take this change that's occurring and I don't like it, and I don't think Disney does a better job with the Fox properties anyways. So far, they've done nothing with the X-Men franchise. They've done nothing. So I can't give them any credit at all for taking it away from Fox and then doing nothing with it. No, I can't give them credit. They've done some things with Fox that they've actually made some moves on, and for the most part, they're not terrible. But for me, I have not seen anything from Disney replacing Fox that is amazing, you know? One of the main things for me is X-Men and Fantastic Four, which I know they have plans to do things with, but with, even with the COVID happening, 
There's been nothing from them. Nada. So maybe it's it's the excuse. Oh, you know, I can't do it during the COVID. There's, there's too much risk for the actors. We can't do any of these things. That's fine. Then you get no credit for me. But someday down the road, when you're not afraid to make movies again, you better kill it. Because if you are not making the most insane, amazing 20th television productions ever, then we're going to wish we still saw that 20th Century Fox logo at the beginning with the same people who originally made all this cool stuff. Goodbye, Fox. Forever. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast I'm certain you've all been waiting for, especially because you know it's going to be about my camping trip in Oregon recently. So today, I'm going to tell you the story about a few days ago. When I was in Oregon and I went camping with my friends, we all know I do an annual camping trip. Chris Connors, Nick Carver, supposed to be Mike Bishop, but he bunked out and Stephen Palmer. So it was a fantastic time. We had a blast. But little did I know what campsite I had actually reserved. So before anything happened with the COVID, I reserved a campsite at Devil's Lake, a magical and beautiful place in the heart of Oregon. We were all excited. It was going to be right by the lake itself. There's waterfalls, there's fishing, there's just everything you could ask for in a beautiful scenery. But instead of that, I was forced to look at another state for a campsite when I received an email stating that Governor Kate Brown had decided certain state parks and campsites in Oregon were not the obvious form of social distancing that she wanted and shot down people's reservations, telling me with a month before I went camping that I no longer had my campsite reserved. It was null and void and canceled. So I had to vigorously look around. Like I said, with only a month in advance, there weren't many options. I looked everywhere, and all the campsites in Oregon that I wanted to camp at were also a part of her list of campsites that miraculously weren't acceptable for social distancing, even though there's no more socially distancing possible than being in a campsite miles away from everybody else in the world and staying there for days, basically self-quarantining in the woods. That's the ultimate version of social distancing. I don't understand. But either way, I looked elsewhere to a different state, a state north of Portland, Oregon, known as Washington. And of course, there they didn't care. The state parks were open, and there was one that was very close to the, you know, the border, had everything we needed, fishing, camping, la-ti-da. It's called Battleground Washington. And that's where we got a reservation. Now, I, again, I didn't know what reservation I was getting. I just found something that was available. And the spot I chose was fairly close to the bathrooms. So I figure that's good. Because, man, after eating all the meat-heavy dishes I usually eat while I'm out with my friends camping... I need that bathroom in the morning immediately so I can explode. So we got the reservation. We show up and we ask the guy at the front before we park our cars. We're like, hey, man, um, how do I get to site 40? I see site 1 through 35. You drive up to them. You park your camp. It's a good time. But 
I don't see site 35 through 50. Where are they? And he's like, ha ha, you're site number 40? And I'm like, why is he laughing? You know, I'm just thinking, what, what, why would you laugh about this? He's like, well, you guys are up a giant mountain and it's a walk-up site. So you can't pull your car anywhere near the campsite at all. We had three vehicles worth of stuff. Two trucks. Steve has a truck. Nick has a truck. And Chris Connors had his mother's Subaru Outback. Packed to the brim of stuff. So I have no idea how we did this. But we schlepped. Not slept. Schlepped up this mountain with all of our things like 47 times by the end of this in order to set up our, our campsite, which I didn't realize was actually the location of the bathrooms. So picture this. For some reason, they allow one of the campsites to actually be the ass end of the bathrooms. So all the smell that shoots out of the bathroom through this giant vent behind it went directly into our campsite to the to the extent in which my actual tent was close enough to the bathroom I could hear people's diarrhea squirting out of their assholes as they had eaten too much fish from the lake or whatever they ate. And literally every single person who had to shit in the entire campsite came to us to use the shitter. So we got to know a lot of people. They were embarrassed. They're like, hey guys, it's me again. You know, I got irritable bowel syndrome, so I'm, I'm going to need the bathroom one more time. Like explaining themselves to us. You know, we don't own the bathroom, man. I know it's smack dab in the very center of our campsite, and we smelled it the entire time. It was horrific. But we don't own it. It's not ours. I didn't know our site was that close to it. That's absurd. It should have. There should not be a campsite right there. There should not. But for some reason, they're willing to charge people money to let them sleep basically in a porta potty. So the fellows were not happy with me about this. Uh, I got a lot of guff, especially from Nick, about the traveling up this hill with all our crap and about the smelling of everybody else's crap every single night. So it didn't last long at the campsite. We had an additional night. We all packed up and decided to leave. We spent two nights there. It was bad enough. It was like living, oh, I don't know, somewhere in Imperial Beach, where I already live, and the Mexicans dump their sewage in the Tijuana River in between us and them, and it all floats into the ocean, and we smell the crap out of their crap all day long. So I, I gotta admit, I was sadly kind of used to the smell. And in the middle of our camping, they came out with the big truck and emptied the porta potty. So I thought, you know, hey, it's going to smell a lot better soon. They'll put that blue stuff in it and we won't have to worry. There was no blue. There's no blue stuff. No blue. It was just allow the shit to pile up and then empty the shit. Why wouldn't you put chemicals in there for the smell? I don't get it. It made no sense to us, but we made it through. And we had a good time anyways, and we partied, and shenanigans were uh, were had, shenanigans took place. I've got a couple other stories to tell about it, but that's for another day. 
And for today, folks, I appreciate you listening to the Peter Gabbard Podcast. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. Have a fantastic afternoon, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, as I said, folks, the campsite was literally shitty. And we hated everything about it. The uphill, the poop, everything. But we also loved it because we were out with our friends having a good time. So here's a song that signifies a love-hate relationship called I Hate Everything About You by Three Days Grace.